Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Sonic Summer Stock Playhouse. Good evening, sir. Another fully packed house for yet another great Sonic Summerstock Playhouse performance. This historic building has been a staple for almost 10 years now in the audio drama world. For only at the Playhouse do we consistently perform each summer the very best and newest recreations of some of the most popular and exciting old-time radio shows of the past. Stick with me and we'll find you a seat. Oh, and speaking of seats, that's the notice to find ours. Yes, tonight. Uh, ah, yes, tonight we're proud to welcome back the Narada Radio Company and Pete Lutz to Sonic Summerstock with a favourite screwball comedy stage feature, Arsenic and Old Lace. Written by Joseph Kesselring and adapted for the Best Plays series, originally broadcast on the 6th of July, 1952. Oh, and uh, that's the signal for the beginning of the show. So now for Narada Radio Company, Arsenic and Old Lace. Welcome to this special presentation of Arsenic and Old Lace, originally broadcast on NBC Radio July 6, 1952. Our production is unique in that our audio cast is also the stage cast for the production I directed in October 2017 at Harbor Playhouse in Corpus Christi, Texas. And for an extra treat, the performance you are about to enjoy was recorded on that very stage during a lull in the rehearsal schedule. I was honored to direct such a splendid cast, and I hope you enjoy their performances as much as the Corpus Christi audiences did. And now let's set the stage for our story. On a quiet street, under the arching elms in the quaint village of Brooklyn, New York, the old Brewster home stands in dignified and over-decorated glory. The gas lamps are still burning in the hall, although electricity was installed several years ago. It's tea time in the Brewster home, and Miss Abby Brewster, a spinster, pours for her nephew Teddy and the minister of the church next door. Let's listen in. Won't you have another biscuit, Dr. Harper? Oh no, Miss Abby. I always eat too many of your biscuits just to taste the lovely jam. But you haven't tried the quince. We always put a little apple in with it to take the tartness out. We'll send you over a jar. Teddy, more tea? What? Oh, bully! 
Bully! Miss Abby, I've been meaning to speak to you about your nephew. Mortimer, I mean. Oh, yes. I understand he's taking Elaine to the theater again tonight. Teddy, your brother Mortimer will be here a little later. Delighted. We're so happy it's Elaine that Mortimer takes to the theater with him. Miss Abby, I'll be frank with you. I do not entirely approve of your nephew's unfortunate connection with the theater. A dramatic critic is constantly exposed to the theater, and I fear some of them do develop an interest in it. Well, not Mortimer. You need have no fear of that. Why, Mortimer hates the theater. Really? Oh, yes. He writes awful things about the theater. But you can't blame him, poor boy. He was so happy writing about real estate, which he really knew something about. And then they just made him take this terrible night position. My, my. But, as he says, the theater can't last much longer anyway. And in the meantime, it's a living. Oh, now who do you suppose that is? I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, hello, Miss Booster. How are you, Officer Brophy? Officer Klein, come in. Thank you. Afternoon, sir. Sir, what news have you brought me? Colonel, I have nothing to report. Splendid. Thank you, sir. At ease. We've come for the Christmas toys, Miss Brewster. That's a splendid job you men do, fixing toys for the children. Yeah, well, it gives us something to do when we sit around the station. You get tired playing cards, then you start cleaning your gun. And the first thing you know, you've shot yourself in the foot. Teddy, dear, go upstairs and get that big box from your Aunt Martha's room. Delighted! How is Mrs. Brophy today? Pneumonia. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, she's better now. A little weak still. Well, I'm going to tell my sister Martha, and she'll bring you over some beef broth for her. And I'll be right back. Ah, don't bother, Miss Abby. You've done so much for her already. She shouldn't go to all that trouble. Listen, try to stop her or her sister from doing something nice. And for nothing. They don't even care how you vote. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, Colonel, you promised not to do that. But I have to call a cabinet meeting to get the release of those supplies. He used to do that in the middle of the night. The neighbors complained about him. Oh, he's quite harmless. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, suppose he does think he's Teddy Roosevelt. There's a lot worse people he could think he was. It's a shame. A nice family like this, hatching a cuckoo. Well... Wasn't the grandfather a little crazy, too? Yeah, crazy like a fox. He made a million dollars. Really? Here in Brooklyn? Yeah, uh, patent medicine. Well, Officers Brophy and Klein, and Dr. Harper, how nice. Oh, hello, Miss Martha. We come to get the Christmas toys. Oh, yes. Teddy's Army and Navy, they're all packed. Oh, you're back, Martha. 
How is poor Mr. Benitsky? Well, dear, it's pretty serious, I'm afraid. The doctor was there. He's going to amputate in the morning. Can we be present? No, dear. I asked him, but he said it's against the rules of the hospital or, or something. Oh. Oh, here's Teddy with the box. Oh, thanks, Colonel. This will make a lot of kids happy. What's this? What's this? What's this? The USS Oregon? Oh, no, Teddy, dear. Put it back. But the Oregon goes to Australia. Uh, thank you again, ma'am. Tin hut! Yes, sir, Colonel. Dismissed! Yes, sir. I shall retire to field headquarters. The blockhouse? The stairs are always San Juan Hill. Have you ever tried to persuade him he wasn't Teddy Roosevelt? Oh, no. Oh, he's so happy being Teddy Roosevelt. Once a long time ago, remember, Martha? We thought if he could be George Washington, it might be a change for him. But he stayed under his bed for days and just wouldn't be anybody. And we'd so much rather he be Mr. Roosevelt than nobody. Well, if he's happy... I'd better be running along. Give our love to Elaine. And Dr. Harper, please don't think too harshly of Mortimer because he's a dramatic critic. Somebody has to do these things. Goodbye. Did you just have tea? Isn't it rather late? Yes, and dinner's going to be late too. So, why? Teddy! Yes, Aunt Hattie. Good news for you. You're going to Panama and dig another lock for the canal. Delighted. That's fully. Just fully. I shall prepare at once for the journey. Oh! Charge! Abby. You mean... Yes, dear. While I was out? Yes, dear. I just couldn't wait for you. I didn't know when you'd be back, and Dr. Harper was coming. But, dear, all by yourself? I'll run right downstairs and see. Oh, no, no. There wasn't time. Then where did you... Martha, look in the window seat. The window seat? Mm Mm-hmm. Go ahead, dear. Abby, isn't it just too delightful? And to think you managed it all by yourself. We're almost home, Elaine. Now make up your mind. Where do you want to go for dinner? Oh, I don't care, Mortimer, really. Well, suppose we wait until after the show? Well, that'll make it pretty late, won't it? Not with the little stinker we're seeing tonight. Oh, I was hoping it'd be a musical. They seem to have a humanizing effect on you, darling. After a serious play, we joined the proletariat in the subway and I listened to a lecture on the drama. It wasn't until we saw a musical that you took me home in a taxi and, uh, 
noticed my legs. Elaine, where can we get married in a hurry? Say, uh, tonight. <laughs> well, I'm afraid father will insist on officiating. Uh, I'll bet your father could make even the marriage service sound pedestrian. Are you by any chance writing a review of it? <laughs> Sorry, darling. Occupational disease. <laughs> Here we are, the Brewster Mansion. <sighs> Thanks. Isn't that Teddy at the door? Yes. Well, what's he doing in shorts and a sun helmet? Hello, Mortimer! How are you, Mr. President? Bully. Thank you. Just bully. What news have you brought me? Just this, Mr. President. The country is squarely behind you. Yes, I know. Isn't it wonderful? Well, goodbye. Where are you off to, Teddy? Panama! Well. Panama's the cellar. He digs locks for the canal down there. Oh, you're so very sweet with him. Teddy always was my favorite brother. Favorite? Were there more of you? There's another brother. Jonathan. We don't talk about him. He left Brooklyn very early, by request. Jonathan was the kind of boy who liked to cut worms in two, with his teeth. What became of him? Uh, I don't know. He wanted to become a surgeon like Grandfather, but he wouldn't go to medical school first, and his practice got him into trouble. Oh. Well, goodbye, darling. I'll run over and say goodnight to Father. Before I go out with you, he likes to pray over me a little. Mm-hmm. I'll be right back. I'll cut across the cemetery. Hello, Mortimer. Oh, hello, Aunt Abby. Did you see my chapter on Thoreau? I wanted to show it to Elaine. No, I haven't seen it, dear. We thought you'd like a little something before you leave. Martha's getting a piece of the Lady Baltimore cake. Dr. Harper was here to tea. He's concerned about Elaine going to the theater so much. <laughs> oh, he'd love tonight's horror. Murder will out. Oh, dear. Well, <laughs> I think I'll open a bottle of wine. It'll be nice with the cake. Yeah, I can see it all now. The same old thing. When the curtain goes up... Where is that chapter? The first thing you'll see... Will be a dead body. Sure, just like this one. Uh, a dead body? A dead body? There is a happy land far, far away. Lady Baltimore Cake is so nice with a little wine, don't you think, dear? Aunt Martha? Aunt Abby? Hmm? Yes, dear? You told me you are going to make plans for Teddy to go to that, uh, uh, sanitarium? Happy Dale? Yes, dear, it's all arranged. Teddy has to sign the papers. He's got to sign them right away. Well, you've got to know sometime. I'm frightfully sorry, but I've got some shocking news for you. Teddy's killed a man. Nonsense, dear. There's a body in that window seat. Yes, dear, we know. Oh, well, you... You know? Now, Mortimer, just forget about it. Forget you ever saw the gentleman. Forget? We never dreamed you'd peek. But, but who is he? 
His name is Hoskins, Adam Hoskins. That's really all I know about him, except that he's a Methodist. Well, what's Mr. Hotchkiss doing here? And what happened to him? Hoskins, dear. He died. Aunt Martha, men don't just get into window seats and die. No, he died first. Well, how? Oh, Mortimer, don't be so inquisitive. The gentleman died because he drank some wine with poison in it. How did the poison get in the wine? Well, we put it in the wine because it's less noticeable. When it's in tea, it has a distinct odor. You put it in the wine? Yes, and I put Mr. Hoskins in the window seat because Dr. Harper was coming. Oh, so you knew what you'd done. You didn't want Dr. Harper to see the body? Well, not at tea. That wouldn't have been very nice. Now you know the whole thing, Mortimer. Just forget about it. I do think Martha and I have the right to our own little secrets. Butter plates, Martha. Butter plates. Yes, of course, dear. Oh, oh, Abby, while I was out, I dropped in on Mrs. Schultz. She's much better, yes, and she would like us to take Junior to the movies again. Well, we must do that tomorrow or the next day. Yes, but this time we'll go where we want to go. Junior's not going to drag me into another one of those scary pictures. Aunt Martha, Aunt Abby, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about what, dear? About Mr. Hotchkiss in that window seat. Yes, Mr. Hoskins, dear. Well, good heavens. I can't turn you over to the police. What am I going to do? Well, for one thing, dear, stop being so excited. And for pity's sake, stop worrying. We told you to forget the whole thing. Forget? My dear Aunt Abby, can't I make you realize that something has to be done? Now, Mortimer, you behave yourself. You're too old to be flying off the handle like this. But you can't leave him in there. We don't intend to, dear. No. Teddy's down in the cellar digging the lock. You... you mean you're going to bury Mr. Hotchkiss in the cellar? Hoskins, dear. Oh, yes, dear, of course. That's what we did with the others. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't bury Mr... The others? The other gentlemen. When you say... Others? Uh, do you mean uh, 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 others? Uh, more than one? Others? Oh, yes, dear. Let me see. This is 11, isn't it, Abby? No, dear. This makes 12. Oh, I think you're wrong, Abby. This is only 11. No, dear, because I remember when Mr. Hoskins first came in, it occurred to me that he would make just an even dozen. Well, you really shouldn't count the first one, dear. Oh, well, I was. I was counting the first one, so that makes it twelve. Hello? <laughs> oh. Hello? Al? Oh, my. Oh, it's good to hear your voice. Twelve, eleven. Al? Oh, uh, check it out. Well, I mean, I, I know. I didn't pick up the tickets. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you called. Now, get a hold of George right away. He's got to review the play for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll explain later. Now, let's see. Uh, where were we? Twelve! Yes, Abby thinks we ought to count the first one, and that makes it twelve. Well, all right now. All right. Who was the first one? 
Mr. Midgley. He was a Baptist. He came here looking for a room. He was such a lonely old man. All his kith and kin were dead, and it left him so forlorn and unhappy. We felt so sorry for him. And then when his heart attack came, and he sat in that chair looking so peaceful. Remember, Martha? Mm-hmm. We made up our minds then and there that if we could help other lonely old men to the same peace, we would. He dropped dead right in that chair? Oh, how awful for you. Oh, no, dear. Why, it was rather like old times. Your grandfather always used to have a cadaver or two around the place. Well, I know, but... You see, Teddy had been digging in Panama, and he thought Mr. Midgley was a yellow fever victim. That meant he had to be buried immediately. So we all took him down to Panama and put him in the lock. And that's how it started? Of course, we realized we couldn't depend on that happening again, so... You remember those jars of poison that have been up on the shelves in Grandfather's laboratory all these years? You know your Aunt Martha's knack for mixing things. You've eaten enough of her piccalilli. <laughs> <laughs> well, dear, for a gallon of elderberry wine, I take one teaspoon of arsenic, then half a teaspoon of strychnine, and then just a pinch of cyanide. <sighs> Should have quite a kick. Yes. As a matter of fact, one of our gentlemen found time to say, how delicious. Yes, he did. Oh, well, we'll have to get things started in the kitchen for supper. I wish you could stay, Mortimer. I'm trying out a new recipe. I couldn't eat a thing. Hello, darling. I keep you waiting. Huh? Oh, it's you. Uh, you run along home, Elaine. I'll call you up tomorrow. Tomorrow? Well, you know I always call you every day or two. But we're going to the theater tonight. No. No, we're not. Uh, Elaine, something's come up. Now, you run along home. Well, what's happened? If we're going to be married... Married? Have you forgotten that not 15 minutes ago you proposed to me? I did? Oh, uh, oh, yes, uh, well, as far as I know, that's still on. Now you run along home. Listen, you can't propose to me one minute and throw me out of the house the next. Well, I'm not throwing you out of the house, darling. Will you get out of here? Oh, don't push! Now you get out and I'll, I'll call you in a few days. Mortimer? Mortimer! <laughs> <sighs> That's the doorbell, dear, not the telephone. Oh, how do you do? Won't you come in? I understand you have a room to rent. My name is Gibbs. Yes, won't you step in? Hello? Let me talk to Al again. City desk. Al! City desk! What? Oh, sorry, wrong number. May I see the room? Won't you sit down? We can get acquainted. That won't do much good if I don't like the room. Are you from Brooklyn, Mr. Gibbs? No. Live in a hotel. Don't like it. All alone in the world? Yep. Well, Martha? Yes. Well, you've come to the right house. Do sit down. Hello, Al. Morning. We got cut off. Al, I can't cover the plate tonight. I just can't. What church do you go to? I'm Presbyterian. 
used to be. What's George doing in Bermuda? Who said he could go to Bermuda? Oh, I did? <laughs> well, well, get somebody. Who else is around the office? I is there always this much noise? Oh, he doesn't live with us. Look, Al, how about the office boy? You know, the bright one. The one we don't like? I'd really like to see the room. Won't you try a glass of our wine before we start upstairs? Mm. We make it ourselves. It's elderberry wine. Elderberry wine. <laughs> Haven't tasted it since I was a boy. Thank you. All right, then. Get the printer. He knows what I write. His name is Joe. He's a third machine from the left. Yeah, but Al, he might turn out to be a genius. D do you serve meals? Drinking, but I'm going to start now. We might, but first, just see whether you like our wine. Mortimer? Don't try to stop me, Aunt Abby. I'm all a frazzle. Mortimer, not that wine. Huh? Oh. You! Oh, oh, me, me, what? Hey, hey! What, do you want to die? Huh? You want to die? You want to get murdered? Huh? You want to be poisoned? Don't you want? You want to die in this house? Now <sighs> oh. well, you've spoiled everything. Aunt Martha, Aunt Abby, sit down. But Mortimer... Sit down there. Well, dear? You can't do things like that. I don't know how to explain this to you, but it's not only against the law... It's wrong! It's not a nice thing to do! People wouldn't understand. Mr. Gibbs wouldn't understand! Abby, we shouldn't have told Mortimer. Well, what I mean is, well, this has developed into a very bad habit. Mortimer, we don't try to stop you from doing things you like to do. I don't see why you should interfere with us. Now look, I've got to go to the theater, but before I go, will you promise me something? Well, we have to know what it was first. Will you do this for me? What do you want us to do? Don't do anything. I mean, don't do anything. Don't let anyone in this house and leave Mr. Hotchkiss right where he is. Why? We were planning on holding services before dinner. Services? Certainly. You don't think we'd bury Mr. Hoskins without a full Methodist service, do you? Why, he was a Methodist. Well, can't that wait until I get back? Oh, then you could join us. Oh, you'll enjoy the service, especially the hymns. Remember, Martha, how beautifully Mortimer used to sing in the choir before his voice changed? And remember, you're not going to let anyone in this house while I'm gone. Have you got some paper? Here's some stationery. Will this do? Oh, that'll be fine. I can save time if I write my review on the way to the theater.
Come in, Doctor. I'm right behind you, Johnny. Well, this is the home of my youth. Oh. As a boy, I couldn't wait to escape from this place. Now, I'm glad to escape back into it. Yeah, Johnny. It's a fine hideout. The family must still live here. There's something so unmistakably... Brewster about the Brewsters. <laughs> I hope there's a fatted calf awaiting the return of the prodigal. Yeah, I'm hungry. Oh, look, Johnny, a drink. Elderberry wine. A good omen. Here's to you, Johnny. Who's that? Who are you? What are you doing here? Why, Aunt Abby, Aunt Martha, it's Jonathan. You get out of here. But I'm Jonathan, your nephew, Jonathan. Oh, no. No, you're not. You're nothing like Jonathan, so don't pretend you are. You just get out of here. But, Aunt Abby, I am Jonathan. And this is Dr. Einstein. And he's not Dr. Einstein either. <laughs> not Dr. Albert Einstein. Dr. Herman Einstein. His voice is like Jonathan's. Have you been in an accident? No. My face... Dr. Einstein is responsible for that. He changes people's faces. Abby. Abby, I've seen that face before. Oh, do you remember when we took the little Schultz boy to the movies and I was so frightened? It was that face. Aunt Martha. Easy, Johnny, easy. Now, don't worry, ladies. The last five years, I give Johnny three new faces. This last one... Well, I saw that picture, too, just before I operate, and I was intoxicated. You see, Doctor? You see what you've done to me? Even my own family. Johnny, Johnny, you're home. These are your lovely aunts. They know you. Well, Jonathan, it's been a long time. Where have you been all these years? Oh, oh, England, uh, South Africa, Australia. In the last five years, Chicago. Dr. Einstein and I were in business there together. Oh, we were in Chicago for the World's Fair. Yes, we found Chicago awfully warm. Yeah, it got hot for us, too. <clears throat> well, it's... Wonderful to be in Brooklyn again. And you, Abby. Martha, you don't look a day older. Just as I remembered you. Sweet, charming, hospitable. And dear Teddy, I remember him so high. Did he get into politics? You know, Doctor, my little brother was so determined to become president. Yeah? Well, Jonathan, it, it's very nice to have seen you again. Bless you, Aunt Martha. It's good to be home again. Well, Martha, 
We mustn't let what's on the stove boil over. Oh, yes, of, of course. If, if you'll excuse us, Jonathan. Un unless you're in a hurry to go somewhere. Martha! Oh, yes, I'm coming, Abby. Well, Johnny, uh, where do we go from here? The police have pictures of that face. I've got to operate on you right away. We got to find some place for Mr. Spinalso, too. Don't waste any worry on that, Rat. But, Johnny, we got a hot stiff on our hands. You can't leave a dead body in the rumble seat. You shouldn't have killed him, Johnny. He's a nice fellow. He gives us a lift. And what happens? He said I look like Boris Karloff. That's your work, Doctor. You did that to me. Now, Johnny, we find a place somewhere. I fix you up quick. Tonight. Johnny, I... I got to eat first. I'm hungry. I'm weak. Jonathan, we're glad you remembered us and took the trouble to come in and say hello, but, um, you were never happy in this house, and we were never happy while you were in it, so we've just come in to say goodbye. But, Aunt Abby, I, I promised Dr. Einstein that if ever we came to Brooklyn, I'd bring him here for one of Aunt Martha's home-cooked dinners. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm afraid there wouldn't be enough. Oh, Abby, it's a pretty good-sized pot roast. <gasps> pot roast. I think the least we can do is... Thank you, Aunt Martha. We'll stay to dinner. Well... We'll, we'll hurry it along. And Jonathan, if you want to freshen up, why don't you use the washroom in Grandfather's old laboratory? Huh? Is that still there? Oh, yes. Come along, Martha. We're all in a hurry. Well, we get a meal anyway. Grandfather's laboratory. Hmm? Doctor... A perfect operating room. Oh, too bad we can't use it. I'll handle this. Why, this house will be our headquarters for years. You mean... Oh, that would be beautiful, Johnny. This nice, quiet house. Those aunts of yours, fat, sweet ladies. I love them already. I get the bags from the car. But we must wait until we're invited. And if they say no? <laughs> Doctor, two helpless old ladies. <laughs> oh, oh, it all comes true. A beautiful dream. It's so peaceful. That's what makes this house so perfect for us. It's so peaceful. Charge! Charge!
And Martha, you haven't lost any of your skill. <laughs> Why, thank you, Jonathan. And now, I know you and Dr. Einstein both want to get where you're going. But, my dear aunts, I'm so full of that delicious dinner. I just can't move a muscle. Yeah, it's so nice here. Well, after all, it's it's very late. I found it! I found it! Did you lose something, Teddy? I found it! The story of my life, my biography. You see, here we are, both of us. President Roosevelt and General Gothels at Calabricut. That's me, General, and that is you. My, how I've changed. Well, you see, that picture hasn't been taken yet. We haven't even started work on Culebricut. General, we will both go to Panama now to inspect the locks. No, Teddy, not to Panama. Yeah, Panama's a long way off. Nonsense. It's just down in the cellar. The cellar? Yes, we let him dig the Panama Canal in the cellar. General, as President of the United States, I demand that we inspect the locks immediately. Teddy, I think it's time you went to bed. I beg your pardon? Who are you? I'm Woodrow Wilson. Go to bed. No, you're not Wilson. But your face is familiar. Let me see. Ah, perhaps I meet you later on the hunting trip to Africa. Yes, yes, you look like someone I might meet in the jungle. Teddy. It's your brother Jonathan, dear. He's had his face changed. Oh, so that's it. A nature faker. And perhaps you had better go to bed, Teddy. Jonathan and his friend have to go to their hotel. General Gothels, inspect the canal. But Johnny... Inspect the canal. All right, Mr. President. We go to Panama. Bully! Bully! Follow me, General. Ooh, I have to wear a sun helmet. It's down south, you know. Of course. Well, bon voyage. Aunt Abby, I must correct your misapprehension. We have no hotel. We came directly here. This is my home. But, Jonathan, you can't stay here. Aunt Abby, you have a most distinguished guest in Dr. Einstein. I'm afraid you don't appreciate his skill. <laughs> In a few weeks, you'll see me looking like a very different Jonathan. Oh, but he can't operate on you here. Oh, I forgot to tell you. We're turning Grandfather's Laboratory into an operating room. We expect to be quite busy. Hey, hey, Johnny, down in the cellar. Uh, Dr. Einstein, uh, my dear aunts have invited us to live with them. Oh, you fixed it? Well, you're sleeping here tonight. Aunt Abby, uh, please, 
Get our rooms ready. But... Now. Well, come along, Martha, dear. Johnny, when I go down in the cellar, what do you think I find? What? The Panama Canal. Ah, the Panama Canal. It's a whole teddy dug, six feet long and four feet wide. Down there? And it just fits Mr. Spinal, so... <laughs> Rather a good joke on my aunts. They're living in a house with a dead body buried in the cellar. <laughs> Come on, we'll bring it in through the window. Poor dear Mr. Hoskins. He's been so patient in the window seat. I think Teddy had better get Mr. Hoskins downstairs right away. Abby, I will not invite Jonathan to the funeral services. Oh, no. We'll wait until they've gone to bed and then come down and hold the services. The general was very pleased. He says the canal is just the right size. He says that... Teddy, Teddy, there's been another yellow fever victim. Oh, dear me. This will be a shock to the general. But I'll have to tell him. Army regulations, you know. No, Teddy. We must keep it a secret. Yes. A state secret? Yes, a state secret. Promise? You have the word of the President of the United States. Cross my heart and hope to die. Now, Teddy, you must take the poor man down to the canal. And we'll come down later and hold services. You may announce that the president will say a few words. Where is the poor devil? He's in the window seat. Oh, seems to be spreading. We've never had yellow fever there before. Off we go! Dying for its country. <clears throat> Open the cellar door, and Abby. Johnny. Johnny, are you out there? Wait, I'll lift up Mr. Spinalzo. Wait, I can't see good, Johnny. It's so dark. What happened? Someone left the window seat open. I fell in. Well, get out. And take Mr. Spinalzo. Oh. <clears throat> Oops, I lost a leg. Here. Johnny, somebody's coming. Get him in the window seat, quick. All right, all right. Give me a hand in through the window. Here, here. Are you in? Yes, shh. Miss Abby. Miss Martha? Miss Abby? 
It's so dark in here. <gasps> Who are you? Elaine Harper. I live next door. Turn the lights on, Doctor. Yeah. Who are you? Where are Miss Abby and Miss Martha? Perhaps we'd better introduce ourselves. This is Dr. Einstein. Dr. Einstein? I suppose you're going to tell me you're Boris Carl. I'm Jonathan Brewster. Oh, you're Jonathan. Oh, you've heard of me. Just this afternoon? Well, I'll be running along home now. Oh, no. I think she's dangerous. She's seen us. Let her go, Johnny. She saw us. Remember that. Uh, stay away from me! Take your hands off me! Oh, Teddy! It's going to be a private funeral. Teddy, tell these men who I am, please! What? That's my daughter Alice! Oh, no! George! Doctor, your handkerchief. Get her down to the cellar, quick. Right this way, come please. What's going on down there? What are you doing? We, we caught a burglar, a, a sneak thief. Go back to your room. Look out, Johnny, she got away. Let go of me! Elaine? Mortimer, where have you been? At the Henry Miller Theater. Who's this? This is your brother Jonathan, and this is Dr. Einstein. Well, I know this isn't a nightmare, but what is it? I've come back home, Mortimer. Jonathan? John? You always were a horror, but do you have to look like one? Mortimer, have you forgotten the things I used to do to you when we were boys? Remember the times you were tied to the bedpost, the needles under your fingernails? It is, Jonathan. Oh, I remember. I remember you as the most vicious, venomous form of animal life I ever knew. Now, don't you boys start quarreling again the minute you've seen each other. Jonathan, you're not wanted here. Now get out! Well, I'm sleeping here tonight. In your room. Uh, Johnny, maybe we better sleep down here, huh? On the window seat? Window, window seat? seat? Yeah, the window seat. Oh, the window seat. Well, maybe I'd better sleep down here. Oh, we wouldn't want to trouble you. We insist on sleeping down here. Doctor, we'll go up and get our bags. You can have the room in a moment, Mortimer. Mortimer! <laughs> What's the matter with you, dear? You've almost been... Abby, Martha! Oh, no. It was Jonathan. He mistook her for a sneak thief. Would you like some coffee, dear? Oh, great idea. A coffee, a sandwiches. I haven't had any dinner. Well, we'll get it ready. Come, Abby. Uh, no wine! No, no, dear. I'm sorry I'm so late, Elaine. But it's after twelve, and I... Twelve?! Elaine, you've got to go home. What? Mortimer, I want to know where I stand. Do you love me? I love you very much, Elaine. 
I love you so much, I can't marry you. Have you suddenly gone crazy? Oh, uh, I don't think so, but it's just a matter of time. You see, insanity runs in my family. <laughs> it practically gallops. Now, just because Teddy is a little... No, no, no. It goes way back. The first Brewster. The one who came over on the Mayflower. You know, in those days, the Indians used to scalp the settlers. He used to scalp the Indians. But, darling, this doesn't prove you're crazy. Well, look at your aunts. They're Brewsters, aren't they? And the sanest, sweetest people I've ever known. Well, even they have their peculiarities. Mortimer, you're not even looking at me. Come away from that window seat. Yeah, right away, Elaine. Another one. Elaine, you have got to go. Something very important has just come up. Up? From where? We're here alone together. Elaine, if you love me, will you get the devil out of here? Mortimer, will you kiss me goodnight? Why, of course, darling, quickly. <laughs> well, goodnight, dear. I'll call you in a day or two. <gasps> you, you... Critic! Aunt Martha, Aunt Abby, come in here. Yes, dear. What is it? Oh, where's Elaine? You promised me. Who is that in the window seat? No one, dear. Look. And it is not Mr. Hoskins. Well, who can that be? Are you trying to tell me you've never seen that man before? I certainly am. Now, Aunt Abby, don't try to get out of this. That's another of your gentlemen. Mortimer, how can you say such a thing? That man is an imposter. And if he came here to be buried in our cellar, he's mistaken. But, Aunt Abby, you put Mr. Hoskins in the window seat. Now, this man couldn't have just gotten the idea from him. By the way... Where is Mr. Hoskins? In Panama, waiting for the services, poor dear. We haven't had a minute with Jonathan in the house. Oh, dear. We always wanted to do a double funeral, but... But I will not read services over a total stranger. A stranger? Aunt Abby, how can I believe you? There are twelve men down the cellar, and you admit you poisoned them. Yes, I did. But you don't think I'd stoop to telling a fib... Jonathan, I want a word with you. Aunt Abby, Aunt Martha, I think Jonathan is leaving at once. Oh, no, Mortimer. Oh, yes. And you're taking your cold companion with you. From the window seat. The window seat? You're my brother, and I'm going to give you a chance to get away. And if you don't take it, I'm going to call the police. Mortimer, remember... What happened to Mr. Spinalzo can happen to you, too. Oh, dear. Come in. Why, Officer O'Hara. Hello, Miss Martha, Miss Abby. I saw your lights on, and I thought there might be a sickness in the family. Oh, come in, come in, Officer. This is my brother, Jonathan. Oh? Hey, he looks familiar. 
Ain't I seen him somewhere? I don't think so. Yes. It's too bad Jonathan can't stay, isn't it? Well, if everything's all right. Oh, don't, don't, don't go, officer. Stay and have some coffee and a sandwich. Well, if you say so. We'll all go into the kitchen while Jonathan collects his things. All his things. Come along, officer. Yeah, sure. Say, Mr. Brewster, I've been meaning to ask you about the play I've been writing. Doctor, this affair between my brother and me has got to be settled. Now, Johnny... We're going to sleep right here tonight. If it's a cop in the kitchen and Mr. Spinaro's on the window seat... That's all he's got on us. So we take Mr. Spinalzo down and we dump him in the bay and come right back here. Hide the suitcases in the cellar. Go on! I think we should get out, Johnny. Johnny, come quick! What is it? The hole in the cellar. We got an ace in the hole. Still here, Jonathan? I thought I told you... We're staying. You think I was bluffing? You think I won't tell Officer O'Hara what's in the window seat? Yeah. Officer O'Hara! If you tell O'Hara what's in the window seat, I'll tell him what's in the cellar. The cellar? There's an elderly gentleman down there who seems to be very... dead. What were you doing down in the cellar? Ah, uh, what's he doing down in the cellar? No, thank you, ma'am. That's all the coffee I can drink. Oh, Mr. Brewster, I'd like to tell you the plot of that play I'm writing. No, no, O'Hara. No, you can't stay here. You've got to go and call in. Uh, the, the precinct. Yeah, but I want to tell you about this here play. Well, we'll talk about it later. Someplace. Later. All right. How about the back room at Kelly's? Fine, fine. I'll meet you at Kelly's. Later. Great, Mr. Brewster. I'll be there. Unless I drop dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that you, Mortimer? It's Jonathan, Aunt Abby. Mortimer went out. Where are you going? To Panama. To bury Mr. Spinalzo. But he can't stay in our cellar. There's a friend of Mortimer's downstairs waiting for him. He and Mr. Spinalzo will get along fine together. They're both dead. They must mean Mr. Hoskins. You... You know about what's downstairs? Of course we do. And he's no friend of Mortimer's. He's one of our gentlemen. Your gentlemen. Besides, there's no room for Mr. Spinalzo. The cellar's crowded already. Crowded? With what? There are twelve graves down there now. Twelve graves? That leaves very little room, and we're going to need it. You... You mean you and Aunt Martha have murdered... Murdered? Certainly not. It's one of our charities. So you just take your Mr. Spinalzo out of there. You've done that here, in this house, and you've buried them down there? Johnny, we've been chased all over the world. They stay right here in Brooklyn, 
and do just as good as you do. What? You've got 12, and they've got 12. I've got 13. No, Johnny. 12. 13. There's Mr. Spinalzo. Yeah? Then the first one in London, two in Johannesburg, one in Sydney, one in Melbourne, two in San Francisco, one in Phoenix. Phoenix? The filling station. Oh, yeah. The three in Chicago and the one in South Bend. That makes 13. But you can't count the one in South Bend. He died of pneumonia. He wouldn't have got pneumonia if I hadn't shot him. No, Johnny. You got 12 and they got 12. The old ladies are just as good as you are. Oh, they are, are they? Well, that's easily taken care of. All I need is one more. That's all. Just one more. Well, here I am. Mortimer, where have you been? I've been over getting a doctor's signature on Teddy's papers. Mortimer, what is the matter with you? Running around getting papers signed at a time like this? Do you know what Jonathan is doing down there? He's putting Mr. Hoskins and Mr. Spinazzo in together. Well, let him. Is Teddy in his room? Teddy won't be any help. Well, you had to go and tell Jonathan about those 12 graves. If I can make Teddy responsible for those, I can protect you. Don't you see? No, I don't see. And we pay taxes to have the police protect us. We'll call them. Oh, but you can't. They'll find out about Mr. Hoskins and the other 12 gentlemen. Mortimer, I don't think the police would pry into our private affairs if we asked them not to. No, no, you can't do this. I won't let you. Well, if Jonathan and Mr. Spinalzo are not out of this house by morning, we're going to call the police. <laughs> there, it's all done, Johnny. Mr. Hoskins and Mr. Spinalso all put away neat and tidy. We're all done. You're forgetting, Doctor. My brother, Mortimer. Now? Now, Johnny, now? Tonight? We do that tomorrow or the next day. No. Tonight. Now. Johnny, please. I'm tired. And tomorrow, I got to operate. Not tonight. We go to bed, eh? Doctor, it's going to be done tonight. Uh, Johnny, I know that look. Okay, um, but the quick way, huh? The quick twist. Like in London. No, Doctor. This calls for something special. I think perhaps the Melbourne method. Johnny, no, not that. Two hours, and when it was all over, the fellow in London was just as dead as a fellow in Melbourne. 
Get your instruments. No, Johnny. Get them. We operate tonight, Doctor. On Brother Mortimer. My bugle! Mortimer, hand me my bugle. No, Mr. President. Just sign these papers. I cannot sign any proclamation without consulting my cabinet. But this must be a secret. A secret proclamation? How unusual. Japan mustn't know until it's signed. Oh, Japan, eh? I'll sign it right away. I'll take it into the closet. A secret proclamation has to be signed in secret. But at once, Mr. President. I'll have to put on my signing clothes. Interviews at an end. Thank you, Mr. President. Sign it right away. Close the door, Doctor. Now, won't you sit down, Mortimer? Don't chew on the handkerchief, it's imported lace. Doctor, the curtain cord. Yeah. Mortimer, I've been away for 20 years, but every night I've dreamed of you. In London, I dreamed of you. And in Melbourne, I... There. Tight and neat. Now, Doctor, your instruments. We go to work. Please. Please, Johnny, for me. The quick way. All ready for you, Doctor. I gotta have a drink. I can't do this without a drink. That wine. Remember this afternoon. Where did the old lady put... Oh, here. Elderberry wine. I spit it with you. We both need a drink. Very well, Doctor. We'll drink to Mortimer. To my dear dead brother. Ach, good. Cabinet being on the double. That idiot. He goes next. No, not Teddy. That's why I stop. I draw the line at Teddy. Now we've got to work fast. Yeah, yeah. The quick way, eh, Johnny? Yes, Doctor. One quick twist of the silk handkerchief. Hey! Hey, the colonel's got to stop blowing that horn. It's all right, officer. We're taking the bugle away from him. No, we promised the neighbors he wouldn't do that anymore. Oh, hey, Mr. Brewster. Uh, why are you all tied up? He was explaining the play he saw tonight. Uh, that's what happened to the fella in the play. Oh, yeah? Gee, they practically stole that from the second act of my play. I'll tell you about it. No, no, wait a minute. I'm going to leave you this way. This time, Mr. Brewster, you'll listen to the plot. Well, it starts... 
It starts in my mother's dressing room where I was born. Only I ain't born yet. Then we get back to me mother. There she is, lying unconscious in her lingerie. The fiend is standing over her with an axe. <sighs> there. How'd you like it so far, huh, Doctor? Well, it put Johnny to sleep. Oh, that's just the second act. Now the third act. Johnny! Johnny, wake up! I can't wake him. What's going on in here? Johnny! Johnny, it's cops! Cops! O'Hara? Oh, hiya, Lieutenant. This is Mortimer Brewster. He's gonna help me write my play. Did you have to tie him up to make him listen? The whole precinct is out looking for you. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. Give me the phone and untie him. Gee, Mr. Brewster, I'll have to run through the third act quick. Hello, Captain. O'Hara's here. You don't have to worry. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, we found him in the Brewster house. So you can call off the big manhunt. You want us to bring him in? Manhunt. Oh, so I've been turned in, eh? Ah, uh, no, buddy. You've got us all wrong. I suppose you and that stool pigeon brother of mine will split the reward. Reward? Grab him, O'Hara. <laughs> you stay still, Mac. Oh, now I'll do some turning in. There are 13 bodies buried in the cellar. <laughs> oh, yeah? I'll show you. You come on down to the cellar with me. Thirteen bodies. Maybe you better go down, Joe. With him? Not me. He looks like Boris Karloff. Get him off me, Rooney. Help me. Help me. Get your head out of the way. (laughs) Well, what do you know about that? Imagine him claiming there was 13 bodies buried in the cellar. Ha! Get him out of here. I'll have to drag him by the feet. I'll I'll take him into the kitchen. What a story. Ha! 13 bodies buried in the cellar. Sir, there are 13 bodies buried in the cellar. Who are you? I'm President Roosevelt. What is this? He's the one that blows that bugle. Oh, dear, dear me. Brother Jonathan, the yellow fever victim. No, no, Colonel. He's a spy we caught in the White House. Well, will you get him out of here? Now, you. (laughs) Didn't anybody untie you yet? Uh Uh-uh. Here, I'll do it. (sighs) Ow. Lieutenant, listen to me. That crazy brother of yours has got to be put away. We don't want no more bugles blowing. Yes, yes, I know. I have the papers right here. Teddy's going to Happydale. Now, uh, <laughs> uh about those, uh, 13 bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine what would happen if that cockeyed story got around? And now he's starting this yellow fever scare. It's lucky I didn't fall for that story. Ha! <laughs> Thirteen bodies. Uh, 
I beg your pardon. Uh, I'm Mr. Witherspoon of uh, Happy Dale. I believe I'm here to uh, pick up a gentleman. Oh, Teddy! Just finished my cabinet meeting. Yes, Mortimer? Mr. President, I have very good news for you. Your term of office is over. Oh? Then I start on my hunting trip to Africa, don't I? Well, who's this? Trying to get into the White House before I moved out. Who, Teddy? Taft. Oh, uh, this isn't Mr. Taft, Teddy. This is Mr. Witherspoon. He's your guide for Africa. Oh, bully! 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 Glad to meet you, sir. Aunt Martha, Aunt Abby, I'm on my way to Africa. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, if the safari comes, tell them to wait. Aunt Abby, Aunt Martha, this is Mr. Witherspoon from Happydale. Teddy's going with him. No, he is not. Not while we're alive. The police want him to go. He blew his bugle again. That's right, ma'am. Well, if he goes, we're going with him. Yes, we won't be separated from Teddy. But we can't take sane people at Happydale. Look, will you settle this? There are still murders to be solved in Brooklyn. Yes. Oh, uh, are there? Teddy's got to go. With the story he's telling, we'd have to dig up the cellar. He says there are 13 bodies buried down there. But there are 13 bodies buried in our cellar. I'll take your word for it, lady. Hey, I'm a busy man. How about it, Witherspoon? Well, they'd have to be committed. Well, Teddy committed himself. Can't they commit themselves? Can't they sign the papers? Uh, certainly. Oh, well then, if we can go with Teddy, we'll sign the papers. Where are they? Yes, where are they? Uh, sign them up, Witherspoon. I want to get this cleaned up. Oh, uh, oh my. We've overlooked one thing. They're going to need the, uh, Signature of a doctor. A doctor? Oh, oh, oh yes, a doctor. A Dr. Einstein? Me? Come over here. We'd like you to sign some papers. Please, uh, I must go. No, just come right over, doctor. <laughs> At one time last night, I thought the doctor was going to operate on me. Oh, please, uh, please. Yes, doctor. Just come right over here. Sign right here, Doctor. Yes, very well, I... Here. There. Are you leaving us, Doctor? I think I must go. Oh, aren't you going to wait for Jonathan? I don't think we are going to the same place. There now. Everything's uh, quite in order. Well, I'm almost relieved... I'm really looking forward to going. The neighborhood here has really run down so. Well, Mortimer, we're all ready to go now. The house will be yours, and we want you to live in it. Oh, no. 
No, Aunt Abby. The house is too full of, uh, of, of memories. Oh, dear, but you'll need a house when you're married. I'm afraid I can't ever marry Elaine or anybody. Oh, th there's something else, Mortimer. You signed our papers as next of kin. Of course. Why not? But you see, dear, you're not really a Brewster. Not a Brewster? No, dear. Your mother was a widow when she came to us as a cook, and you were born about three months afterward, but she was such a good cook that we didn't want to lose her, so brother married her. <laughs> but, but, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really a Brewster? Now don't feel badly about it, dear. Oh, no, no! Oh, it's a tragedy, isn't it? Nobody knows who your father is. He might be anybody. You're right. You're right. Well, isn't this wonderful? I'm a bastard. I gotta go tell Elaine. Elaine, I'm a bastard. All right, Jonathan, come on. I'm coming, Lieutenant. Huh. Goodbye, aunties. So, this house is seeing the last of the Brewsters. Well, I can't better my record now. And neither can you. At least I have that satisfaction. The score stands even. Twelve to twelve! <laughs> huh. Jonathan always was a mean boy. Never could stand to see anybody get ahead of him. I wish we could show him he isn't so smart. Well, ladies, uh, perhaps we'd better be going. Um, Martha? Yes, Abby. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Witherspoon, does your family live with you at Happydale? Uh, I have no family. Oh, that must make it very lonely for you. I suppose so. Well, uh... Martha? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Witherspoon, I think at least we should offer you a glass of elderberry wine. Elderberry wine? You grow your own elderberries? No, but the cemetery's full of them. Well, you don't see much elderberry wine nowadays. I thought I'd had my last glass of it. Oh, no. Here it is. Well, ladies, to a long life. That was a remake of the old-time radio adaptation of Joseph Kesselring's stage play, Arsenic and Old Lace. This production was supervised by Pete Lutz and featured the following Narada Radio Company players. Michelle Barnett as Abby Brewster. Michael Pierce as the Reverend Dr. Harper. Chuck Wilson as Teddy Brewster. Leo Longoria as Officer Brophy. Richard Robinson as Officer Klein. Eileen Corpus as Martha Brewster. Peter Howard as Mortimer Brewster. Shannon Blado as Elaine Harper. Rick Yellen as Mr. Gibbs. Jason D. Johnson as Jonathan Brewster. Joe Martinez as Dr. Einstein. Bobby Vela as Officer O'Hara. Larry Hutchinson as Lieutenant Rooney. And Gene Giggy 
as Mr. Witherspoon. Sound effects were acquired from freesound.org and the public domain. Music stings were acquired from the public domain, with the exception of the opening score of the film. Arsenic and Old Lace was transcribed and adapted for radio by Ernest Kenoy from Joseph Kesselring's stage play and edited for this presentation by Pete Lutz. Our new production was recorded in September 2017 on the stage of Harbor Playhouse, Corpus Christi, Texas, and featured the cast of the stage production as directed by Mr. Lutz. This is our second of four offerings for the 2018 Sonic Summer Stock Playhouse. We hope you enjoyed it and that you will equally enjoy our two remaining Narada radio productions, plus all of this year's offerings. This is Cannonball Kelly speaking. On behalf of our director and cast, thanks for listening. Thank you again, Pete Lutz and the entire Narada Radio Company for their take on the amazing Arsenic and Old Lace. We'll be sure to see them at least once more before the season ends. But for now, be sure to go to mad-con.com and sign up for your place in history. In 2020, Jack, myself, and nearly everyone who's appeared on the Sonic Summerstock stage, and many more, will be coming together for the first huge collection of the modern audio drama movement here in sunny Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the weekend of the 24th of July. Book your tickets and come and enjoy incredible recordings, meetups, panel discussions, workshops and performances on a live stage with the incredible works of artists of modern-day radio drama. It will be a once-in-a-lifetime event you won't ever forget, so certainly don't miss out. And don't miss out next week as we return with another grand performance at the Playhouse. Until then, for Jack Ward and everyone at the Sonic Society, I'm David Ott. Thank you and good night. And that's this week's performance for the 2018 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders, and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. The Playhouse theme was written and performed by Sharon B. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. I am your announcer, David Alt. Good night. This is Pete Lutz.
This presentation is lovingly dedicated to the memory of Bill Holweg and to those who are working hard to keep his memory alive, the Amigos. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.